Hallelujah. So we've been on a series learning about the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And uh, let's just read a portion of scripture here. Let's go to John chapter 16. John 16, we'll read from verse 13 onwards. John 16, verse 13 and 14. Thanks, bro. Jesus is speaking here. He said, How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. He will glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show to you. Read from uh, verse, read verse 7 and 8 also. Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient or advantageous for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father. And you see me no more. Hallelujah. So we have understood that Jesus talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. He started his ministry only after the Holy Spirit came upon him. And everything that he did was by the Holy Spirit. And today, like he said, it is advantageous for us that he went away. Many of us, many of us might have prayed and desired that, um, oh, I wish that I was there with Jesus. I wish I was there when Jesus was doing all the wonderful miracles. I mean, I did. So, uh, but then when I saw the scripture where he says, it is advantageous for you that I go away. It is, it is beneficial for you that I go away. Because when I go, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. And today we have seen from John 14, he said, the Holy Spirit is with us and in us. He is dwelling in us today. Bible says, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So He is nowhere else in us today. He is in us. So we need to know that we have a permanent roommate that is the Holy Spirit. And what, is, what does He do? That's what we are going to look today. One of the things that He does, John 14, John, sorry, John 16 verse 14, John 16 verse 14, it says, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. He shall glorify me. Well, I looked at the word glorify. The Greek word is doxadzo. It's a, it's a little hard to pronounce. So, it's, it actually means to extol, to praise, to magnify, to worship, to give honor, to give adulation, to express one's fame or repute. I'll, re I'll read that again. Just listen carefully. It means to praise, to magnify, to worship, to give honor, to give adulation, to access one's fame or repute. And actually, if you read in verse 14 here, it means all these things. All these things. He's, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit... Now put meaning there. He said, Jesus saying, the Holy Spirit will extol me Praise me, magnify me, worship me, 
give me honor, give me adulation to express my fame or repute. Let me ask a question. How many of you have felt when you were in a church or when you're alone, when you're trying to worship God, you just um, are not able to give yourself really? You feel some hindrance. You feel like, oh, people are noticing me. You're not able to let go. You're not able to let go. You're just wondering. And always conscious about other people, what others will, what will they think if just let go? See, we all face that. Most of us. So we need to understand that there is a solution for that. Where is the Holy Spirit today? In us. And one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to do all these things. Basically, if you look at it, it says, the Holy Spirit is a worshipper. He is a worshipper. He, he, is, the, he is the number one worship Jesus. So glorify me. Or we say, oh, glory to you, glory to you, glory to you. But who is the number one glory worshiper, praiser? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. But unfortunately, he cannot do it by himself because he's invisible. He needs someone and that someone is the person in whom he resides and that is us. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? He needs someone to express that in an audible form and that is the person in whom he resides that is us so un when we understand that the the number one worshiper of jesus is dwelling in us and we take his help worshiping jesus will be easy because it's no more us our mind it's him when we release ourselves to him to his helper see he's called a helper and we saw, the, his, Jesus said, the comforter. The meaning of the word comforter is one who is called with a special calling to be alongside you forever. That's the meaning of the word comforter. Kletos. Para means along. Kletos means called with a special calling. So the Holy Spirit is a person who has a special calling to be alongside you forever forever so he's with you so instead of struggling to worship God by being conscious of things around just yield yourself to him just yield yourself it becomes a different experience altogether see I've, I've been out of the praise and worship team for a while in our church when we were in Grace Chapel we, we were there for a while and then I was playing drums but I, I wanted to worship God. So, I, though I did not know these things, I understood that the moment the Holy Spirit helped me, things change. Things change. And even after I came out of the praise and worship team, I, I was standing by the door, opening the door for people, letting them come in, and then closing the door. And I was part of the come committee. But still, praise and worship is going on. So, I understood that when the Holy Spirit is there to help, help you, you can just switch on the worship mode in instantly. You can just get into the worship mode instantly. He will alert you when somebody is coming. I mean, I'll be closing my eyes and just worshipping. Suddenly I'll know somebody is coming. I just open the door, smile at them, welcome. And then immediately I'm able to go back. Because He is the one, He is the number one worshipper. 
And He is living inside you. He is living inside you. So when you become dependent on Him, you'll be able to release yourself to Him and get into that worship mode immediately. You will not be bothered about anybody else. Because it's no more you, it's the chief worshipper in you. He is in you. So next time when you're there, just say, Spirit, you just take over. You're the main worshipper. You will glorify God. And he, Jesus said, He will take off me and show it to you. He will receive of mine and show it to you. So when just letting yourself go with the Holy Spirit, what's happening? He is receiving from Jesus, revealing things to you and your words. You'll be surprised at the words that come. You'll be like, wow, I didn't know these. I, I could praise like this. I didn't know. Actually, it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And He always wants to use you, your mind, your words, your action, your lifestyle. He is constantly desiring you to glorify Jesus. His main job is to glorify Jesus. Let, let, just look at that. Just look at that. Read Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. It says, Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. So who is this talking about? The name of Jesus, we all say, Oh, your name is above every other name. But when we looked at the meaning of the word glorify, it means to give fame. One of the meaning was to give fame. So when you let yourself uh, or surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He brings fame to the name of Jesus. The name that is above every other name through you. Through you. Not just in praise and worship. Every day. You pray for the sick, the sick healed. Who gets the glory? Jesus. Who is the healer? Jesus. See, how, how are you able to do that? Through the Holy Spirit. He is the one doing it. So one thing you need to understand is for you to glorify Jesus constantly you need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit because he is the chief glorifier he is the chief worshiper he is the chief praiser and he is in you sometimes our mind has mind has restriction thoughts come these things come, they restrict you. Sometimes you become conscious. So the best way is practice yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit. Practice say, you're a worshiper. I just give myself to you. Help me worship Jesus. Help me glorify Jesus. You glorify Him and use me now. Just say that and just start it. Just start. You'll be surprised. And what, what he's going to do through you. I mean, he will take you into so much of intimacy with, with Jesus. Well, it, it's, I mean, words cannot describe it. Words cannot describe it. I'm when I'm on the bike, I just, I just let myself go. I just pray in tongues. I just pray in tongues. It's amazing. And sometimes it says, he will show you. He will receive of me and show you. 
And as I am riding the bike, a lot of things are just playing in front of me. Scriptures are being expounded. He is showing me, he is receiving from Jesus, who is the word that became flesh, who is the word himself. He is receiving from Jesus and he is showing it to me. He is showing it to me. And it's not just for me, it's for everybody. So when you yield yourself to him, he uses you. He uses your mouth, he uses your understanding, everything. So one thing I would encourage everyone, understand this part. He, his main job, he will glorify Jesus. Jesus himself said it. He was giving the Holy Spirit's job description. That was the Holy Spirit's job description. To glorify Jesus. To lift up that name. To make the name of Jesus famous. Hallelujah. need to understand this. Now, from there, I want to now turn the direction. A little bit with the baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, let go with me to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus is speaking here. He said, or uh, let's look at that Acts chapter 1 from verse 2 itself. Acts chapter 1 says, Until the day in which he was taken up, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And he said unto them, it is not, for, uh, okay, read verse 8, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received them out of their sight. Now, let me ask you a question. When is this happening? After the crucifixion, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. After he was resurrected from the dead. Now Bible says, as we read from verse 2, for 40 days he spent with the disciples. 40 days. Imagine Jesus, we, we studied in resurrection from the dead. What kind of body do, the, did he have? in resurrection a special kind of body in John chapter 20 we see that the disciples were afraid they, they had closed all the doors but Jesus just walked in Jesus just walked in in Luke 20 we see the description about that body it's like you're not neither male nor female you don't give in marriage or you don't take in marriage 
So Jesus, having this glorified body, special kind of body, he stayed with the disciples for 40 days. 40 days. And how did he speak? Look at that. It says, verse 2 says, And he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments. Through the Holy Ghost giving them commandment. And then what happened? He was telling them, now you need to wait for the promise of the Father that will come upon you. And then in verse 8 said, And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. You shall receive power. See now, why do you need this? What is the benefit of this power? He said, you shall receive power after the ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Why do they need power? To be a witness. To be a witness. Now look at um, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, read verse 38 and 39. Acts 10, 38 and 39. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Now, one thing I want you to notice is what happened to Jesus? It says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and with power. Now go to 1.8. What did Jesus say? You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. To be what? To be witnesses. And what were they witnesses of? What were they witnesses of? What did Jesus do? He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And we are witnesses of all things which he did. Who did? Jesus did. Jesus did. Now, coming back to Acts 1.8. We understood. Now, are you all with me? Am I going too fast? Understood. The scenario is, Jesus is resurrected. And he was standing with his disciples. What did he tell them? Go to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, imagine uh, Paul, oh, sorry, Peter or John going to a place where nobody's heard about Jesus before. Going to a place where nobody's heard about Jesus before and knowing about a Jesus whom those people are never going to see physically. Talking about him saying that he is, the, he is God who came in flesh, he died for you, paid the price for your sin. Now, they might have seen Jesus physically, but these people are never going to see Jesus physically. How will they believe someone whom they cannot see, someone whom they've never heard before? How can they believe? The only thing that will make them believe 
is a manifestation of the power. Without the power, there is no proof. See, it said, you shall witnesses. See, what, what is the meaning of being a witness? Witness means you have seen something. You were there. You have experienced something. You are witnessing what happened to you. It says, we are witnesses of all things which Jesus did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Now, the apostles saw it. Now, how can they prove it to these people? How can they prove it to these people? When the same power works, the same miracles and healings happen. And who is doing those miracles? Is it them or Jesus? Jesus. Jesus. When they tell the people that Jesus is alive, He died on the cross, He rose again, what proof is there that Jesus is alive? The miracles, the manifestation of the power. By the manifestation of the power, there is infallible proof that Jesus is alive. Otherwise, okay, many people came, many people said good things, many people died, and their graves are still there. Jesus also came, Jesus said good things, Jesus did good things, he died, but he did not stay dead. Three days later, he rose again. Now, what is the proof for that? The manifestation of the power. That's why he said, you shall receive, wait there in Jerusalem, you shall receive power. When the Holy Ghost is come upon you, when he is coming upon you, you will receive power to do the same works Jesus did. To do the same works Jesus did. You are being a witness of a Jesus who is alive. To a people who have never heard Jesus, I mean, seen Jesus before. They may never even go to Jerusalem and see the grave. They may not know how the cross looks like. But what is the proof? Was indeed a person of Jesus. The power. The power. The power of the Holy Ghost. And it's for all of us. It's for all of us. To be an effective witness of the resurrected Jesus who is alive, who is doing the same things he did 2,000 years ago today. The power of the Holy Spirit. He said he will come upon you. Remember, when we became born again, the moment we heard the gospel, we received Jesus, the Holy Spirit came inside us. He is in us. But the Holy Spirit in us is for us. But the Holy Spirit upon us is for others. When He comes inside us, there to guide us into all the truth, to help us glorify Jesus, to show us things to to lead us, to, to tell us where to go, what to do, to influence every part of us to be like Jesus. But when He comes upon us with power, that is to be a witness of the resurrected Jesus to a group of people who have never heard him before. With signs, wonders, miracles, healings, everything. Whatever he did and even greater things. So imagine, look, look at this. For 40 days, Jesus stayed with them and prepared them for the Holy Spirit. Prepared them for the day of Pentecost. 
Sometimes we think, oh, the, 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 the I mean, many pre I've heard pre preachers preach like this. Oh, they did not know what to expect. Yes, they may not have expected the Holy Spirit to have come in a way and tongues, but they were prepared. They were prepared. For 40 days, Jesus in his resurrected body stayed with them, taught them on the Holy Spirit, prepared them for this day. For 40 days. They were not taken by surprise. They were not taken by surprise. He was there for 40 days. 40 days. Imagine Jesus with you in his resurrected form. Glorified body. Living with you. 40 days. You'll say, five minutes is enough, Jesus. Five minutes. But he stayed with them for 40 days. And he told them about the Holy Spirit. Prepared them. That's why, that's why when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, they were, they were speaking in tongues. Peter stood up. Peter stood up. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. How did he know all these things? He's a fisherman. Who prepared them? 40 days special tuition. By the master himself in his resurrected form. It would have been some special crash course. <laughs> I mean, imagine. So they knew what they were waiting for. They knew. Many times when we read, read through the Bible, we don't actually get the true dynamics of how things have worked. We just read through. But look at the details. The intricacies of the word that explains the situation. So when you close, you can almost see yourself there. You see Jesus in that body, 40 days. It says he spoke to them, gave, gave, gave I mean, it says, yeah. He, through the Holy Ghost, gave them commandments. Gave them commandments. And he's teach, see, imagine, before he was crucified, in John 14, 15, 16, 17, what was he talking about? The Holy Spirit, the last message of Jesus before he was crucified. Now, after he was, he, 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 he was resurrected, he just continued on that message. He said, okay, let, let's look at that. Go with me to John 16 again. John 16. Verse 12. Verse 12. Jesus is saying, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. See, this was before resurrection. Before he paid the price. Are you saying this? Before he paid the price, this, before that he's saying, I have many things to say to you, but it's not time. Wait just for a few days. Just for maybe around three to four days. You'll be prepared. And then I'll explain for 40 days. See? This is just before his crucifixion. He said these things. Immediately after crucifixion, the death, hell, and resurrection, he is there now for 40 days. Don't go anywhere. Come here. Sit in the class. 40 days. He sat and taught them, prepared them for the coming Holy Spirit, for the day of Pentecost. So when the Holy Spirit came, man, they stood up with boldness. In John 20, before, I mean, just before Jesus appeared to them in his glorified body, they were afraid. They, they, I mean, they, they were hiding themselves. That's what John 20 says. 
being afraid of the Jews, they, were, they stayed in a room all closed. They were afraid. Then Jesus appeared first time. It says, eight days later, again they were still afraid. They were still in the closed room. Jesus appeared to them again. And this time, he stayed with them for 40 days. He taught them. So, when the Holy Spirit came, they were different people. They were not simply different because the Holy Spirit came, but before they were, because they were prepared by Jesus. For 40 days, he, stood, he stayed with them, prepared them, and now the Holy Spirit came. The church age began. That's where you see the first church, where the power of the Holy Spirit was manifested in such a way that in the first day, 3,000 people were added to the church. 3,000 people. Imagine that. And we are in that age today where the Holy Spirit has come, dwelling in each one of us. And it's for every single one of us to have the Holy Spirit upon us with power so we can be an effective witness of Jesus see if you look back on the day see I don't know about others but myself I know the first time I received Jesus I mean I I did not know a I mean a b c d's of the gospel I received Jesus immediately after that I was so enthusiastic to share about him to my friends I was I wanted to share about this Jesus. I didn't know much. I just started reading the Bible. I wanted to share. But I did not know there is something else. See, I'm born again. I have the Holy Spirit in me. But there's something else that I needed to receive. The Holy Spirit upon me. Every single one of us can share the gospel. You must share the gospel. You're supposed to be a witness. But to be an effective witness, you need the power. You need the Holy Spirit upon you. See, if you look at the glass, the, gla the water in the glass affects only the inside of the glass. It cannot affect anything else. The water is inside. But if the water is overflowing, it will out. And it will affect everything around the glass. Anything that tries to come near the glass is impacted by the water that was overflowing. That's a different experience. It's water. But it's not just the water inside now. It's the water upon. It is coming up, overflowing. Are you seeing that? Jesus said, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. Reverse. The rivers are for others. The well is for you. You just, whatever you need, you just draw it out of the well. But when the rivers start flowing, it's for impacting other people. Are you understanding this? This is very important. So I, wanted, I want to go into this, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in you, with you, now He is upon you. Let's go to Acts chapter. Verse 1 onwards. Or uh, keep your finger there. Read Luke chapter 24. 
and then we'll go there. Chapter 24, verse 49. Jesus is saying, And behold, I say, promise of my Father upon you, tarry in, in the city of Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. You will be endued with power from on high. See, one meaning of that is, it's not power, it's the, when the Holy Spirit is coming upon you, it's not just power like a battery power. It is power from on high. The same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead. The same power that raised Christ. It's a different power. Now read Acts chapter 2 verse 1 onwards. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a wind. And it fell the heart was sing, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them, all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Read the last part. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. It says they were all filled. See, they had the Holy Spirit inside them. They already had the Holy Spirit inside them. But now it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what was the evidence that they were filled? They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So one of the first evidences of you being filled with the Holy Spirit, with endured with power from on high, is speaking in tongues. Speaking in other tongues. So what is speaking in tongues? What are you speaking? It says, number one, it says, who gave them utterance? As the Spirit gave them utterance. But we're going to look at what this means. What is speaking in tongues? Who is the real you? Spirit. The real we or the real person who we are is a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. Primary thing. Man, I cannot undermine the effect of this teaching. Anywhere I've taught this, it just breaks ground for everything else to come. I've understood that this an understanding of spirit, soul and body is the key that opens everything else in scripture. Otherwise, it's very difficult for people to receive these things. A basic understanding of spirit, soul and body. So I would encourage you, if, you, if you're not familiar with it, the recordings are there, please listen to them. Know that the real you, the part of you that got born again is your spirit. That is exactly like Jesus. That is the righteousness of God. Exactly, wall to wall, exactly like Jesus. You have a soul and you live in a body. Now, what is speaking in tongues? 
Remember, your spirit is in you. Your spirit has a roommate that is the Holy Spirit. Alright? He is with you. Now, when He comes upon you with power, you start speaking as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Verse 2, it says, For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Look at that. Who is giving the words? Who gave them the utterance? The Holy Spirit gave the utterance. Now, next question, to whom are you speaking? To God. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but unto God. So speaking in tongues is your spirit speaking to God with words given by the Holy Spirit. I'll repeat that again. Speaking in tongues is your spirit speaking to God with words given by the Holy Spirit. It says, no man understands. So don't try to understand what somebody else is saying. When Bible says, no man understands, no man understands. So even I don't understand what I say when I speak in tongues. I go, logo. I didn't understand. Not a single word. It says, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Mysteries. The first thing, the evidence of the Holy Spirit upon you with power is speaking in tongues. And when you are speaking in tongues, you are not speaking to men, you are speaking to God. And no man will understand. And who gives you the words? The Holy Spirit. Your spirit, by the Holy Spirit, speaking to God in a language that you don't understand and it is beyond mental comprehension. Beyond mental comprehension. Now go with me to verse 5. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5. The first part. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul is saying, I wish that you all spoke with tongues. So is this for everybody? Is this for the whole church? Yes, it is. Speaking in tongues and being an anointed with power from on high is for every single believer. For every single believer. Speaking in tongues. Now go with me to verse 14. First Corinthians 14, 14. Pray in an unknown tongue. My spirit prays, 
but my understanding is unfruitful so who is which part of you is praying spirit your spirit is praying and your understanding which part of you is your understanding your soul so when you pray in tongues your spirit is the one doing the praying your, you just yield your body your vocal cords so that the sound will come but it's your spirit praying speaking to God with words given by the Holy Spirit your understanding is unfruitful so look at this no man understands and you also don't understand your understanding is unfruitful see being fruitful means to bear to uh, to bear something that is useful yes or no when your understanding is unfruitful what happens you don't know you don't know ah what did i just say it sounds nonsense nonsense means no sense no sense you don't it doesn't make sense to you so your mind tries to go against it why because your mind is trying its best what does it mean what does it mean what does it mean the first time when somebody tries to speak in tongues the biggest hindrance for them is their mind when we tell them just open your mouth and speak they're like What should I say? What should I speak? You don't speak your language. You don't speak any language that you know by your understanding because your understanding is unfruitful. It's not your understanding that is praying. It's the Holy Spirit giving words to your spirit. So you just yield your body. You just open your mouth and words will come. And this is for everyone. Paul is saying, this is for all of you. I desire this for all of you. For all of you. And if you look at the last verse, uh, verse 39. The last part of it says, forbid not to speak with tongues. Forbid not to speak with tongues. So no one should stop anybody from speaking in tongues. Because this is an evidence of the power upon you. And Jesus also said in Mark chapter 16. Let's go to Mark 16. Verse 17. It says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. Who said this? Jesus. What is the qualification he gave? To them that believe. These signs will follow anybody who believes. They will speak with new tongues. And the verse before says, He that believes and is baptized is saved. So any person who is a believer, who is saved, will speak with tongues. It's for everybody. Because he said, all of you should be a witness. A witness of a Jesus. See, when you look at that, those apostles, most of all of them had been with Jesus. They stayed 40 days with Jesus in the resurrected body. Yes or no? 
But today, have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus in his resurrected body? No. So how can you speak about a Jesus who, whom you did not see? You only heard about him. You're going to talk to somebody about Jesus whom they cannot see, whom you did not see. You're telling them that he died for them the same way he died for you. He carried your sins. Have you seen him carry your sins? No. Have you seen him on the cross? No. So what are you being a witness of? To be a witness means you've actually seen something. How can you be a witness of someone whom you did not see, whom you did not touch, whom you did not feel? What is the proof? The power. That's why he said in Acts 1.8, You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be a witness. See, that was not just for the, uh, the disciples, it's for us today. Because you can stand and try and talk about Jesus using your understanding to people there is a limit to it. There is a limit to it. They may not receive. But when the power, when you speak with power, the power will show up. The power will show up. When the sick is healed, when the lame start walking, when the blind start seeing, when the deaf start hearing, when the dead is raised, who is doing the miracles? Jesus who is alive. He is doing the miracles. And that is infallible proof that he is alive and he is, he is there. He is alive. He is doing those miracles. You don't need much explanation. They will fall on their knees. They will receive. See what happened to Paul? He was Saul before. He was on, on his way to Damascus to kill Christians. But he had an encounter with Jesus. He knew for sure that Jesus is alive. And what was his first reaction? What do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want me to do, Lord? When Paul and Silas, they, they were in jail. They, and uh, what happened? The earthquake happened. All the, all the jail gates were, uh, were broken open. All the captives were free. The jailer almost killed himself. But Paul stopped him and said, No, don't kill. We are all here. What happened to that jailer? He saw a manifestation of the power. What was his first reaction? Acts 16.31. Verse 30. What must I do to be saved? Because right now, by the manifestation of power, he believed in a Jesus whom he did not see. He wanted to be saved. So when the power manifests, you don't need much explanation. You don't need. You find a sick person, just go lay hands on him, say be healed in Jesus' name. They, he will be healed. He will be healed. You believe. What is happening? That power is flowing. Now, I, I've, I've uh, given this, ex uh, this uh, testimony here before. Uh, one day I was on my, I was from home, I was going somewhere on the scooter. Near my house, there is a railway cross. As I was going, one guy waved me. He was, I saw that he had bandages, he had a plaster on his leg and his hand. He was waving at me, asking for a lift. I stopped, 
seeing his condition, I, I said, okay, come on, come on. And we started speaking to just a short distance. He told me that he's a Muslim guy. He said that he had an accident and uh, a guy, an African guy came in a car, hit him on his bike. He fell down and these things happened to him. And he's all bandaged up. He's got a fracture and he wanted to go somewhere. So now he can't ride the bike. So he is dependent on his <laughs> whatever way he can travel. So we were speaking and then I told him, do you believe in Jesus? He said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Muslim. I believe in Isa Nabi. I said, all right. So immediately after that, his top came. He got, he got down. I said, let me just pray for you. I just laid my hands on him. I started praying. He started saying, sir, kuch ho raha hai. Kuch ho raha hai. Kuch ho raha hai, sir. Kuch ho raha hai. Kya ho raha hai? <laughs> what was happening? I didn't have to speak much. The power hit him. The power hit him. He got healed. He received Jesus. It's, it's as easy as that. You do not have to struggle much. The power is the evidence that Jesus is alive. The power is the evidence that whatever you thought about Jesus before, uh -uh, that's not the one. Somebody else. He's alive. He's here. And you need that power to be a witness. You need it. It's for every single person. Yes, he's inside you. But this is a separate experience apart from the born-again experience where you become endured with power from on, on high. The power comes upon you. You may not feel ticklish or you may not feel much, but the evidence of that power coming upon you is speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. That is where, that is the evidence that you have received power to be a witness. Without this power, all those people who tried preaching without this power, most of them try to scare people into the kingdom. Tell them there is hell. Repent. Hell, there is, there is fire that cannot be quenched. There are worms that cannot die. You will be there. Man, you just scare them to Jesus. And such people, they always need somebody to scare them to do something. They are in bondage. They were in one bondage. You just moved the bondage. You just changed the category of bondage. That's all. But when the power comes, when they experience the power, true repentance will happen. They will experience the goodness of God. See, what happened to the jailer? He wanted to kill himself in Acts 16. But what happened when the power manifested? They said, don't kill yourself. He got saved. He wanted to be saved. His first reaction to that power, to the manifestation of the power is, what must I do to be saved? Whatever I thought about you guys was wrong. And he said, call on the name of Jesus and you shall be saved and your household. See that? That's why you need this power. It's for every single one of us. How many of you pray in tongues here? Alright, that's cool. Imagine you may not feel any ticklish sensation. You may not feel any, anything coming upon you. No, you may not feel electricity. But the evidence that you have the power is if you pray in tongues. If you pray in tongues, if you have received it. That is the evidence that you have the power. Now you need to keep that generator running. The more you keep that generator running, that power will keep flowing. 
if you don't keep you have the generator at home there is fuel in it but unless you turn it on there is no power in the house you want power in the house keep the generator running that is by praying in tongues praying in tongues go to 1st Corinthians 14 again is that time up yes it's up alright I think I'll stop I know you don't want me to stop but we have to stop uh, if I start I'll go on for, the, for another half an hour at least but we will continue on this next week we'll be, we'll be going in depth on praying in tongues but just to wrap up understand you have the chief worshipper in you Jesus said when he comes he will glorify me he is the main worshipper so when you feel anything hindering you from worshipping him just say Holy Spirit you are the main worshipper I submit myself to you and he'll take you from there he'll take you from there and that will be a different experience rather than trying to worship from your mind and now the second thing is the baptism in the Holy Spirit the whole it is another way of the Holy Spirit manifesting the power of Jesus through you to be an effective witness of Jesus with power it is beyond what your words can say see that's what when you speak in tongues your, it is beyond your understanding so to be an effective witness of a Jesus whom you never saw you are going beyond your understanding tapping into a power to speak about a Jesus whom you never saw whom you never touched and that power the manifestation of that power will prove beyond a shadow of doubt that Jesus is alive and the first reaction of the person to that manifestation of the power will be what must I do to be saved I need this Jesus I need this I believe you understood this today let's pray father we praise you we worship you we thank you for this understanding hallelujah that we are not alone we have the chief worshipper in us Holy Spirit we yield ourselves to you. 